This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welp, it had to happen at some point. They weren't going 162-0, but yikes, it could not have gone down any worse than it did Washington in Washington yesterday. This is Phillies Day. I'm James Seltzer. It is Thursday, April the 4th, as we are coming off the first loss of the Phillies season as the Phillies drop the second game down in Washington, losing 9-8, to a roller coaster of a game as it was a back-and-forth affair. It felt like the Phillies were out of it early, fought back, played hard, but then ultimately the bullpen does them in a very frustrating day for a lot of Phillies. And certainly for the fans as well as it was about as rough a way to lose a game as you could possibly think of. We will dive into all of it as, uh, look, ultimately this team is 4-1. and one. They have played awesome baseball through the first five games. They are averaging just a run under eight runs per game offensively. That's what they put up yesterday. So certainly no reason to complain at the moment, but we will get into the bullpen of it all in a little bit, as that is certainly going to be a discussion point after a, look, they lost a game, it happens, they're gonna, they weren't going 162-0, and they're gonna lose probably 60-ish or more of these games this season, so certainly not gonna overreact to one of them, but at the same time, we will dive in and look again at what was about as rough a loss as the Phillies could have suffered, and it started early as the Phillies got down early, and so frustrating because you're coming off the the win on Tuesday night where you have Zach Eflin going against Max Scherzer, and not only do you get to Scherzer for a couple, put up eight in total, but Zach Eflin is actually the better pitcher. So, of course, it would just stand to reason that the day game following when Aaron Nola is facing Anibal Sanchez and you feel absolutely awesome about that pitching matchup, we wouldn't get a good Aaron Nola as Nola just a horrendous outing compared to Aaron Nola type of standards as he was just missing all game long, only gets through three innings of works, allows six earned runs, five hits, two walks, allows three home runs in those six innings. Anthony Rendon, Ryan Zimmerman, and uh, uh, Soto, Juan Soto all hit home runs. Accounting for those six runs, the Phillies did get two on the board early as the Nationals decided to intentionally walk Bryce Harper in the first inning, which that's smart, not, but uh, led to a couple Phillies runs. But then uh, Aaron Nola just gives it up quick. It was 3-2 by the end of the first, 6-2 by the end of the third. And just on Nola before we move on, I am not worried about Nola. Look, uh, rough start to the season so far. He got through his first start without his best stuff. Looked bad yesterday. He's Aaron Nola. I'm not going to worry yet. There's a lot of time left in the season. He's still rounding into form. I'm not going to worry about Nola. But it was just one of those weird starts where he just didn't have it. He didn't have it. He was missing all his spots. All of his pitches just weren't working. 
and a Nationals team that got embarrassed the night before it came out ready to play, at least offensively, though there were a lot of miscues in the game across the board, the errors on the Philly side, and base running gas, three straight innings at one point, the Nationals had a base runner thrown out on the bases, but ultimately one big error by the Phillies would come back to bite them the most, we'll get back to that, but uh, again, just a, a rough outing for Nola, not going to overreact, but certainly a, a disappointing showing in what you hoped would be a spot where Aaron Nola could carry this team to its first 5-0 and record in a very, very, very long time. Unfortunately, it was not to be, but Aaron Nola doesn't get the loss in this one. As Despite the early struggles and a 6-2 deficit in the fourth inning, the Phillies pine away. The bullpen holds strong for a while as Adubri Ramos pitches an inning in two-thirds clean. Juan Nicasio gives you a strong inning in a third, getting out of an error-force jam. Hector Neris a clean inning. And the Phillies get to the top of the eighth inning, and they are facing a Nationals bullpen that has struggled this season. And they get to it. Tony Sipp, Trevor Rosenthal, and ultimately Kyle Barraclough, who ultimately gets out of the inning eventually. But the Phillies put up a four-spot in that inning, and it was... This Phillies lineup, it's just relentless. That's the thing you feel even after the loss yesterday is that this team is never going to be out of a baseball game. And it felt that way. It felt like that when they were down 6-2. They put up a two-spot in the fourth inning to make it 6-4, to four, get them a little bit closer as uh, uh, Cesar double uh, scored Real Muto and then Nick Williams pinch hitting a single scores Herrera their first pinch hit of the season in the Phillies. But they get to the eighth down two, and they keep clawing away, and then the big inning comes. Oduble Herrera starts it off with a single to the left side, just squeaks through, and uh, just squeaked past the shortstop. Ultimately, the bases are loaded. Kingery on first, Franco on second, and Andrew McCutcheon rips a a rocket, a rocket into right center field. It goes over the center fielder's head. And able to scammer in a second with a double, but the Phillies able to take a 7-6 lead on it as it clears the bases, including one of the great slides we have seen in this city in a long time, or from one of our Phillies in a long time. Scott Kingery does this, the throw to the plate, a really nice throw from Robles, and then replay uh, relay from Defoe to home, and Gomes goes to swing the tag, and... Kingery throws his body up in the air, essentially, and finds a way to dodge the swipe tag with his body while also swinging his hand around in front and tapping home plate. You watch the replay 10 times, you're like, how did he miss him? But he did. Awesome, awesome, awesome job base running by Kingery. Really a great job reading the play as well, waiting to make sure it wasn't caught, and then technically just perfect base running, getting around home, and then, of course, the the crazy awesome slide, and then the Phillies would tack on one more there as Gene Segura scores Andrew McCutcheon. Another spot where McCutcheon, just really nice base running there, was planning to take home from the moment he left second base, and he just ran the perfect route around the bases and able to come home and score a run there. Eight to six, you're feeling pretty good because you've got an eight to six lead heading into the eighth and the ninth inning with your best relievers coming to the hill. Ugh. Man, that's why it's such a frustrating way to go down because the middle of the pen really showed up, especially in a day where Aaron Nola didn't. Only gives you three innings. The pen comes in and shuts the Nats down until the eighth inning, pitching five strong innings there. And then, unfortunately, Sir Anthony Dominguez didn't look great, struggled through an inning, gave up one earned run, 
one unearned run as they should have been out of the inning. And a ground ball back to Sir Anthony throws to first, and it just glanced off Reese Hoskins' glove. I don't know what happened. It looked like he might have looked away for a second or um, just lost his concentration, but the ball glances off his glove, and a run scores 8-8. The Phillies unable to do anything in the top of the ninth. And then the bottom of the ninth would be even worse than the bottom of the eighth as David Robertson comes in. And I think it's safe to say that David Robinson has not made as good a first impression on the Philadelphia fan base as the other newcomers have. The Andrew McCutcheons, Bryce Harpers, JT Romutos, and of course, Gene Segura's of the world have all made a really good first impression. David Robertson, not much, not so, is obviously not great in the Atlanta series when given the opportunity, but... You know, it didn't cost him a game or anything. Cost him a game yesterday as Robertson just absolutely awful. Comes in, allows a single to Rendon, and then ends up walking the bases loaded. And it's one of those situations where you're watching him pitch and he's nibbling. And you're like, just throw a strike. I don't care if he hits it out of the ballpark at this point. Just don't walk these guys anymore. And it gets to the point where it's Jake Knoll, a guy I've never even heard of. I watch so much baseball. I watch baseball nonstop. Every night I come home and I put the package on when the Phillies aren't playing. I'm watching Seattle versus the Royals. I'm watching the Cubs and the Braves. I'm watching whatever. I've never heard of Jake Knoll. And, of course, what does David Robertson do? He freaking nibbles. And he gives up a 3-2 freaking ball. And he walks in a run to lose the game for your Philadelphia Phillies. Just a horrendous, unacceptable way to lose a baseball game. And look, David Robertson's a really good pitcher. I am not going to indict the guy off of one bad outing. Uh, Two bad outings, I guess. But at the same time, he looked really bad yesterday. And his inability to throw strikes in a situation where there's a 3-2 count and the bases are loaded, I'm sorry, that's something that worries me a little bit, but... Look, early in the season, didn't have many spring training outings. I'm okay. I'm not freaking out about David Robertson. He's done enough in the major leagues and has looked really good the last few years to think that this is a blip on the radar. But, man, not a great first impression from Robertson. And just in general, uh, what a what a rough way to lose a baseball game. It felt a lot like last year. It felt a lot like that game in Washington when Max Scherzer took the in the Phillies beat him, essentially, and then Hector Neris gives the game away. The aforementioned Wilmer Defoe walk-off hit, I believe in that one, is um, Neris walked the bases loaded then gave up the hit to end it. Just felt very reminiscent of that. And, again, I am not going to freak out about Robertson. We'll get into the whole what-should-they-do-in-the-bullpen discussion in a few, but neither Sir Anthony or Robertson looked good yesterday. And Robertson... The really disappointing one to me, just in the sense of of get beat, don't let them, don't give it away, don't walk on a run to lose the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. So a bit of a disheartening loss, but again, on the whole, you can't be upset with where this team is at. Four and one, the best offense in the National League, a relentless offense. We saw it in spades yesterday. Again, down early, and they just clawed their way back, and they had a big inning in the eighth and they're able to put up big crooked numbers when they need to they batted around that inning everything was working they were hustling and then 
On the flip side, you know, it's not that hard to figure out why they lost the game from the poor pitching from their best pitchers. Aaron Nola, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and David Robertson were the three best pitchers for the Phillies who pitched in yesterday's game. And they were the three who lost it for them, along with the defense. Along with, for the first time, again, we we saw the, the defensive struggles rear their ugly head. The Phillies entered yesterday's game with zero errors on the season. They had three yesterday, and of course... That Hoskins one, just a monster error. Just a really bad error. And, and look, Hoskins is just, uh, uh, Hoskins struggling right now. I think that's pretty clear. And I don't know if it was after Carl threw at him. He's kind of whatever. But he has not looked good this series in Washington. Looked lost at the plate. Striking out a ton. 0 for 5 the first night. Had a hit yesterday, but a 1 for 4. Didn't look good in doing it. And then the, the miscue at first base. Just a, a ball he's got to catch. Look, it's 8-7 in that situation. It's a, whole different ball game in that situation. But ultimately it happened and the Phillies lost and it's time for them to bounce back. You know, this is a spot where they have an off day today. Nice to have an off day. Look, I don't, I, I'm, I'm enjoying watching them play so much. I don't ever want them to have off days, but this is the type of day where an off day makes sense for them and they could regroup here. I know it's a lot of off days early in the season, but it was a rough loss. But at the same time, let's not forget what happened the night before in Washington the awesomeness, the special feel to the team, to Bryce Harper in the moment. And by the way, Bryce Harper has reached base in eight straight plate appearances. So let's not lose sight of some of the awesomeness. Harper is incredibly locked in right now. He uh, reached base five times yesterday, two hits, three walks, um, eight straight after the last three at-bats against uh, the the RBI single against Scherzer, or the double against Scherzer, the RBI single later in the game, and then the home run. And then yesterday, two hits, three walks, locked in at the plate right now. And uh, it is only one uh, short of the longest uh, streak he's had in his MLB career. It's streaks of nine in 2016 and 2017. So that's pretty neat. And look, this offense is all locked in. When the Twins come to town, the Twins have pitched really well so far this season. That'll be put to the test. This offense is going to hit. They're going to rake. It's a question of the pitching needs to step up and certainly the bullpen. We can't have those types of games where, you know, they just give away games. And it felt like last year that happened so consistently. And time and time again, I, I, I almost felt like you couldn't believe the amount of gut-wrenching, heartbreaking losses they had. It almost didn't seem possible to lose that many games in such a horrendous fashion, but they found a way to do it last year. And certainly the loss yesterday was one of those types of losses, but at the same time, it's a loss where you can't overreact. This team four and one has played great baseball. They're coming home to face the twins and they were facing a Washington team that again, got embarrassed the night before, just flat out straight up embarrassed in the biggest game in their ballpark with Harper returning all that type of stuff. They got crapped on that night, so I get it. They're going to come out and play with a little more fire. And even with that in mind, the Phillies still could have and should have won that game. The, the Nats did everything they could to give it to them with the base running gaffes and the consistent mistakes and the poor pitching. Trevor Rosenthal still hasn't gotten an out this year. But again, I, uh, you know, look, you get feisty when you talk about it. It was a frustrating loss, but at the same time, they're coming back. This weekend, the Twins in town. This is a nice spot to get right, get back on the winning track. And look, they weren't going 162-0. You just hope they could ride it out a little longer and certainly finish off the series against the Nats there and put the Nats in an early hole. But still, 
out in front in the division, still ahead of the Nats. So, uh, and ultimately, I think you go down there and you were expecting one and one in Washington, right? Uh, you know, you were expecting to lose to Max Scherzer and to win with Aaron Nola. Baseball is baseball. The opposite happened. As it, of course, we should have expected it to because baseball's weird and crazy and you can't predict it. And that's what makes it so awesome. So, um, I'm okay. The one and one down there, I'll take it. Time to come back. Get back on the home field and beat up on the Twins. All right, coming up, we'll get into the bullpen of it all, plus an anecdote from yesterday's game that I thought was really uh, fun and fascinating and and also just my thoughts on a general thing that we talk about a lot with baseball but never really get into the nitty-gritty of it. Um, That is coming up and a whole lot more on Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up in just a little bit. We are going to look ahead to the Twin Series coming up in more depth tomorrow, of course, and also, we will get into the bullpen of it all. But first, uh, I just teased before the break there um, something, an anecdote I had from yesterday. And it was that, uh, first and foremost, something we talk about a lot, but baseball and the announcing and all that, we love to talk about announcers and all that. And I don't think we do enough of a job here in Philadelphia about talking how great Scott, Fransky, and Larry Anderson are. I had to go pick up my daughter during the game yesterday. And I had to run over and, and, you know, I was in the car for a little bit and came back to watch. And, of course, I put the game on as soon as I get in the car. And I'm listening to Scott and Larry. And they just have such a chemistry together. And they seem to genuinely like talking to each other. They seem to genuinely love the Phillies and to genuinely love baseball. And all that comes through. And it feels like you're hanging out with two guys who you know and who you enjoy being around. And that's the beauty of baseball on the radio is it, it's such an intimate thing. You, lo- you let it into your home. You let it into your life uh, in such an intimate way. 162 times a year, you spend an evening with them, a, a day with them, a nice summer day with Scott and Larry. So I do think there's an intimacy to it. And I just think those two guys are so great at what they do. And it is such a pleasure to listen to. Again, I get caught up in in watching it because I generally like to watch the games and see how things play out with my own eyes and make my own deductions and see how the pitcher is throwing and all that type of stuff. So I don't have the opportunity to listen to them as often as I would like. But um, yesterday just reminded me as, as just how great they are and how lucky we are to have those two guys calling games together here in Philly. Plus, I got to hear a, a fun anecdote from, from Fransky. I didn't realize Juan Nicasio, when he was in Pittsburgh, threw an immaculate inning which I think is one of the cooler things in baseball. We don't talk about a lot, but an immaculate inning, of course, three strikeout inning on nine pitches. So you just throw nine strikes and you walk back to the dugout. It's a very cool thing that is actually rarer than than you would think. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, it's as rare as like a perfect game. So pretty, pretty neat um, thing and fun again. I wouldn't know that if I weren't listening to Scott and Larry. So shout out to Scott and Larry. All right. The bullpen of it all before we look ahead to this twin series. Um, look, it was it was not a great outing yesterday. And both Sir Anthony and Robertson haven't looked great so far. I know Sir Anthony had a clean inning in his first outing, but he certainly hasn't had the same bite to the slider, the same cut to the cutter, that type of stuff that he had before. Um, but again, and, and Robertson obviously has looked just flat out bad, especially in the outing yesterday just just really rough 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 showing from from Robertson again you got to be able to throw a strike in that situation with the bases loaded even if you get beat because you throw a strike because he hits it out of the park or he rips a single you you have to throw a strike there you can't just give it to them for free and uh really 
poor showing, and, and I didn't like the way he nibbled and just, just throw a strike. But again, I'm I'm not freaking out over these guys. But you're going to hear it today, the discussion of the day. I already saw on Twitter last night after the game, it's it's go get Craig Kimbrell. You know, that's, that's what people are going to talk about now. It's that the Phillies need Craig Kimbrell. And look, I think it's a little early to judge Robertson as a closer or Sir Anthony's ability or all that with like two appearances for each end of the season. So I'm not there yet, especially after a, a short spring training for Robinson and where he didn't seem to, not short in time, just in terms of outings, only four spring training outings, which is strange. But having said that, um, I, I trust him to get back to where he needs to be and I trust Sir Anthony to be really good. Here's the thing on Kimbrough. I'm fine with it if he's willing to take a discount. At, at, you know, at this point, look, you're signing him for, it's, it's, he's not going to be ready till May at this point, at, at best case. And Kimbrell, while, yes, he was the closer on a World Series winning team last year, certainly hasn't been the same as he was a couple years ago. Didn't look the same. The stuff wasn't quite there. He's a max effort guy. At some point, he's going to fall off a table. So, look, if he's willing to finally, now that the season has started and he is unsigned, which is just hard to believe, um, if he is willing to take a discount and to say, all right, yes, I get it. This is my situation. I don't have any leverage here. I just want to go out there and pitch, and then hopefully I get a contract next year. Then I think it'd be a great idea for the Phillies. I really don't see the downside of that. The only downside is getting locked into a long-term deal or getting locked into some sort of high-dollar value or figure where you're committed for multiple years. That's it. So if Craig Kimmel, and we don't know, look, the fact that he and Dallas Keuchel are still sitting out right now shows that they have not had much practical, pragmatic views on these types of things, and they're still expecting to get paid what they want to get paid or close or whatever. But you have to figure that at a certain point they say, all right, I want to play baseball this year. All right, there's... 5 million, 10 million, 12 million, whatever on the table for me for just this year, I will take it and then I'll figure it out after or whatever. But you know, you lose the paychecks. I know these guys have made a lot of money. Maybe they don't need it in the same way as, as someone who you know, can't just not go to their job. But I do think that eventually they're going to, to fold. In one way or another, they have to sign. Teams are not giving them what they want. And ultimately, when that time comes, I don't see any reason why the Phillies wouldn't be interested in Kimbrell. I think that it fits a need. This bullpen has looked really good other than their two best guys, but regardless, it never felt like it was completed. It didn't feel like, look, I, I like David Robertson, but I don't think he's a perfect guy to be your closer. You want a guy who's going to go out and know that that he's your guy and the, and the ninth inning closer guy, the Scarlet C on his chest. That's Craig Kimbrell, that type of guy. So, again, I think it's all relative, it's all dependent, but if it were me, and if I could get Kimbrell to look at things my way and maybe be willing to take a little bit more money for less years, like a one-year deal or a two-year deal, and just pay him a little extra, I would do it in a second if I were the Phillies, and I think it'd be a really smart move, as this team is what we've seen through four, five games, even yesterday with that, what they put up eight runs and fought back, is that this team is way too good from an offensive perspective to waste it by not giving them all the um, help that you can. And signing Craig Kimball doesn't cost you prospects, doesn't cost you anything, especially if you could do it for a year. It's not costing you much comparatively. I would go do it. All right, coming up this weekend, we'll dive more into it tomorrow, but the Minnesota Twins coming to town. Twins playing good baseball so far. Uh, deep sleeper in the AL East. I think um, a team with a chance. Nick Pavetta 
taking the hill tomorrow against Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi, 11 strikeouts in his first outing. Nick Pavetta, less good in his first outing. Big spot here for Pavetta. Look, they're coming off a loss, coming home, coming off a rough start to the season and and what's supposed to be a breakout-type season for him. Uh, I think Pavetta's going to want to bring it on Friday night, and I, I think he needs to. I think it would be a... Um, a nice, it would be nice to see Pavetta bounce back. Uh, on Saturday, Jake Arietta uh, taking on Michael Pineda. Arietta, of course, a, a solid outing in the cold, kind of hard to judge. The wall, a lot of walks, but got out of jams. Pineda back, pitched four innings, a shutout ball for them in his first start for the Twins. Um, seems to be throwing pretty well. Always had the talent, just never able to stay healthy or put it all together. And then uh, that's a 205 on Saturday. Then on Saturday, and then on Sunday, a 105 start. Zach Eflin against Jose Berrios. Berrios, one of the best young pitchers in baseball. He is just awesome. Wait till you see this kid. So that's going to be a tough one. But at the same time, the Phillies just beat the best pitcher in baseball in Max Scherzer. So um, it should be a fun one. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow. We will dive into that series, look ahead to the weekend, see what's going on around Major League Baseball. And a whole lot more with your four and one now, Phillies. Uh, until then, thank you for listening to Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.